and welcome to another episode of Rewind and Reconsider. We were, are continuing our <laughs> we are continuing our Star Wars marathon, and we are going to watch episode four, A New Hope. I had to do the math in my head really quick because we've watched more than four episodes. Yeah, well, to be fair with you, this is the first Star Wars movie, and then but it's not it's actually number four, but also kind of number six. Because now there are prequels and then two movies in between the prequels and the original trilogy and math. You know, it's complicated it's math. It's complicated. So, okay. Anyways. The <laughs> timeline is ever expanding. Yes. But we are now getting into the original, the OG, Star Wars, number one, but actually number four. Again, we explained that. Um, so, tell me a little about about this movie. When did you first see this movie? Oh, man. Um, I think... It was when they re-released the movies in theaters briefly in, you know, I guess it was the 90s because I was born. Um, And I remember my dad took me to see all three of the original trilogy within like a week or two week span. Jesus. Yeah. So like we were just going to the Edwards movie theater near our house and just going and watching them, me, him, and one of my brothers. Was this your first Star Wars movie or? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was your very first introduction into Star Wars. Yeah. What do you remember about when you were watching it? At that age? Uh, I have a lot more memories of the second two, weirdly. Um, Like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, As far as this one, as a kid, I I think it just stuck. I just, you know, what kid doesn't think this is cool? There's lightsabers. There's laser guns. uh, There's like the villain is in all black armor walking around, force choking people. Planets blow up. There's starfighter fighting each other and shooting at things. And like, I, I mean, it's... Like, it is a, like, child, especially a child that would ultimately become very interested in sci-fi, like, a fever dream. (laughs) Do you remember, like, leaving the theater and saying, like, I need to go buy Star Wars stuff? No, I don't. I mean, I was too young to remember that. I mean, I I know I did because I had, like... All the action figures, as many action figures as any child could possibly need uh, growing up. I remember going and spending my allowance every single week on, like, action figures, even from the original trilogy. Because they just kept those in stores forever. Because they always sold. Because kids are always into Star Wars. Um, And so, yeah, I I just... As far as this movie, like, I, I think my lasting memories of it like even as an adult now it's like you you can watch it and see why it would start such a phenomenon because there there are so many movies afterwards that have tried to be star wars and so many sci-fi things that are so clearly influenced by star wars and trying to put their own spin on star wars and the way that it does things and i I think you know honestly like even uh even episode seven basically is like a remake of this movie with different characters and a slightly different plot and whatever but it's very inspired by the plot of a new hope and i just think that there's like i think i'm guessing it's gonna feel a little longer because i've seen it so many times than some of the other movies but i really am confident that this one's gonna hold up so the first time i watched this movie was actually a couple years ago really what yep (laughs) I told you I wasn't a big Star Wars fan, and then once uh, Force Awakens came out, I was like, oh shit, I have to watch some movies. So I didn't watch the prequels, I only watched the original ones, so I watched that at like, yeah, about a couple years ago, that was the first time I saw it. I know, I'm disgusting. I'm sorry. You disappoint me. I, <laughs> I didn't grow up with Star Wars, I didn't have parents that were fans of it growing up either, so it's like, why introduced it to me? But... 
I think I remember watching it for the first time and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was definitely, it wasn't a nostalgic feeling for me because I never watched it as a kid. So I was like, this is kind of 70s hokey kind of. Well, and this will be interesting to rewatch together and see how our nostalgia influences our views when we're like critically analyzing this movie. Yeah, I think it will, plot wise, I mean... It will still hold up, but I, I'm feeling the effects are not going to hold up. Yeah, I honestly think that Rogue One is going to make the plot hold up even more. But no, uh, you got to remember that they've reinserted new effects oh, Jesus. via Lucas. So, no. you know, it's no longer 70s effects. It's like early 2000s. Who shot first, Harrison? Yeah, it was Han. Yeah. I, I think Solo definitely establishes that. <laughs> All right. Another and- great addition to the Star Wars lore from Solo, a Star Wars story. And also, an underappreciated movie. Absolutely not. I'm ending this here. Anyways, we're going to go watch A New Hope. Okay, and we're back. We just watched Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. And Harrison is going to do our 60-second summary, which is... I am? Uh, Yeah, you are. No one told me this. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, because you surprised me last time, so I hope you're ready. I am. Okay. Um, so our 60-second summary is usually the summary of the movie in 60 seconds. Pretty self-explanatory. I just, before I start, before my time starts, I just want to say that genuinely this is not a bit. I was given zero warning okay, well, that it was my see, turn to do this. Okay, well, last episode you gave me zero warning too. Okay, no, you I usually told you. No, okay, all right. Uh, and start the timer. Go. Okay, so the this one ship is trying to get away from a bigger ship, and then Darth Vader boards it, and he wants the plans for the Death Star, which we don't know what that is yet, except for we do, because we just watched Rogue One. Then Princess Leia gives the plans to C-3PO and R2-D2, who escape to Tatooine, meet up with Luke, meet up with Obi-Wan, fight off some sand people, meet Han Solo and Chewie, fly to go to Alderaan to deliver the plans to the Rebellion. Alderaan got blown up when they get there, then they get captured by the Death Star, then they get in there, break out Princess Leia from the Death Star, get away bring the plans to the rebellion go back they're all luke is about to get killed by darth vader in the tie fighter thing and then han solo comes in woohoo! and then like they blow up the death star and they go home and everyone gets a medal but chewbacca and that was under 60 seconds yes you yes <laughs> we did it we did. people can't see high fives on an audio podcast <laughs> Um, anyways, yeah, that was actually pretty good. I've been slacking on our 60-second summaries, and you just did it beautifully, so. Yeah, well, there's a reason that I'm an editor and a brilliant storyteller. Oh, my God. Anyways, so let's get into this movie. So, were expectations blown away? Were they... Honestly, yeah, because I expected it, and there were some dated parts that I think we'll get to, and some parts with, like, the Lucas re-edits that we'll get to when we go over the bad stuff, but let's talk about the good stuff first, because I I actually think that this movie held up better than I honestly expected it to. Me too. And it's kind of crazy that, like, in 2019, you would never get a movie like this that was, this wasn't that, I mean, I think it was relatively big budget for the time, but, like, it wasn't like big budget movies like we get now yeah and you would but in a big budget movie now you would never a, sci- a sci-fi tentpole movie type thing you would never get the opening 20 to 30 minutes are just focused on these two droids yeah only one of whom can talk the other one who speaks exclusively in bleeps and you have to infer what he is saying via the one who can talk because they don't give you subtitles either this movie has a lot of faith in its audience it does to stick with it and be like okay these are interesting enough ideas that you're going to keep going and like 
it works. Yeah, they basically, in the beginning, they just drop you into the situation like, yes, this is Star Wars. Here we go. We're on a if, ship. Yeah, if you didn't watch Rogue One, which, it, you're in, just like, you know, in the 80s or 70s or whenever this came out, you would, 1977, you would not have just watched Rogue One unless you were a time traveler, in which case, very weird use of time travel. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, it, they just drop you right in. They're like, and all right, here's the movie. We're going to go now. They don't name any of these characters. They, nope. like, barely tell you what's going on with that nope. opening crawl. I wonder if that opening crawl was almost a concession from Lucas that, like, this is a little too weird to just throw people into this. Let's give them some context as yeah. this opening crawl goes on. Yeah, it's really bold to have all this stuff just, like, okay, here it is. I mean, now it doesn't it doesn't phase us because this is such, like, an iconic you know, movie, and we all know everything already, but, like, if you were sitting in a theater not knowing anything about Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, and all of the characters, like, I, some of the, a lot of this is on the actors, and, like, we'll get into why, um, but uh, a lot, the characters also just, they really almost all pop off the screen. You feel like you have a sense of getting to know these people, and, like, they're real people with real, that have lived real lives before this movie, and have real goals and aspirations beyond the events of this movie, and there's just so much of it that's done through little mannerisms, through, like, throwaway lines. It's not, like, it's not heavy-handed dialogue that holds your hand like the prequels do. And it, it just... There's no... Ex like, there's little to no exposition. Yeah, and they trust you to just kind of get it from yeah. watching the movie. And ultimately, I think that also works. Like, I think that, like, when you meet Han Solo in the bar, like, they don't they don't tell you they're like, oh, he's a smuggler, and he's, he's done a, the yeah. X, Y, and Z. Like, you just get that he is a cocky smuggler, because they're trying to get him to smuggle them somewhere, and he's very cocky as he's doing it. Because the and, way, it's like his body language, the way he talks, and it's just kind of the way that Harrison Ford kind of owns this character. Yeah. I think that we should tribute a lot to him as well, your namesake. Yeah. Shouts to him. Another another Harrison. Harry, fellow Harrison. Hashtag Harry Nation lives on. <laughs> um, yeah, so with the prequels that we've been watching, um, I noticed that like just sitting through those fucking prequels was such a chore for me. It just it was so hard not to just like pause it and like just give up for the day. But watching this movie, it was like it was almost just like really breezy. It's two easy. hours, but it feels breezy. Oh my god! It wasn't. It just really tired moves you right along. I think it's because it's so dense with world building and things that like you can overlook some of the dialogue issues. You can overlook like some of that other stuff because the world is so like built out and interesting and fully realized. And, like, the plot just keeps it going right along. Like, yeah. it, it drags a little bit at the beginning. Like, I can understand why the opening part is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, once they get going, like, once Luke meets up from meets up with Obi-Wan and starts getting this universe explained to him a, in a, little, bit, a little bit deeper. Yeah. yeah, it gets really real. And it just, it just like, breezes yes. along. There's no, no pausing. It's like, all right, we're going to do this. And then we're going to go here. And then, oh, this happened. No, all it's right. like, okay, we're going to Alderaan. And then, oh, Alderaan blown up now we're getting sucked into the death star okay we got to figure out what to do here let's make a plan real quick and then you know we're gonna end up in inadvertently rescuing princess leia obi-wan gets killed um they get back to the rebellion immediately have to go and try and fight the death star with yeah, like no time to like no time in between to think about all this stuff or whatever like you just got to go do it yeah and uh, like i think that that's why it works and i think that that's why it was so revolutionary for the time especially because there just weren't movies like this mm-hmm 
to have at like least a whole separate knowledge. world. Yeah. Just yeah. I I I I don't know. I think maybe sci- there's some like maybe other sci-fi movies, but I think this is the most this was the first kind of commercially liked, you know, Star Wars. Like what am I saying? Fuck. Sci-fi movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what did you think about the special effects? Do you think it's sort of dated? I mean, if you're looking for it, you can kind of see there are some of them that are pretty dated. Like like the explosions of the TIE fighters in space <laughs> yeah. were like a little like like they had doused them in kerosene just beforehand and also packed in explosives to well, the Well, yeah, ship. and then it would just be like a really quick cut to like the pilot and he's just like going, Wah! And then yeah. it just blows up and it goes back to, like, everyone shooting. I think yeah. that was kind of hokey. But Like, you don't even see parts of the TIE fighter go away. You just see all of a sudden there's this giant fireball <laughs> yeah. edited over it. Um, so, like, there's little stuff if you look for it. But I think because so many of the effects are practical, most of them hold up. Like, the alien creatures hold up and things yeah, like that. Definitely. The only ones that don't are the ones that Lucas edited in. After, like, decades after this movie came out because he's like, oh, cool, I have these special effects cutting edge from The Phantom Menace, like a 1999 movie or whatever. Yeah, because that was really cutting edge back then. They're like, yeah, these are, no way these are ever going to look dated. And there's just random, like, especially it was really jarring when they head into Moss Eisley when there's just all these random CGI-generated creatures and things walking around. There's, like, this whole, like, you can see where the speeder was digitally edited and like added later where like it just looks like uh like 2005 computer game yeah it really stands out between like the 1977 kind of set and then all of a sudden just like weird like boom here's a jar jar level alien yeah yeah or that scene where i think it was cut where harris or not harrison ford Han, han solo talks to java but like they had to put Jabba in, like, computer-generated, and then there was at some point where Han Solo walks behind Jabba, but then people were... I think one person was like, wait, oh, hold on, he has a long tail. So you can see, like, You Han can see Solo. him, like, kind of bouncing upwards, oh, like, so like he's on a computer screensaver. Uh-huh. Like, it's not good it's at not, all. It, and, and it didn't even add anything, I don't think it did. I mean, I don't even think that that scene was supposed to be in it in the beginning, right? I honestly do not remember, and we'd have to look that up. Um, but yeah, there, what, is there any way to see the movie in its original form, or has I'm Lucas sure it just exists pl- in it places? In- but like, it's probably not like you know, you'd have to like look at old copies and stuff like that, oh, or Jesus. yeah, so things like that. Like, I don't think that in streaming or at least buying it officially, you can watch the original. So because so- the original. You know, as famously, Han shot first. I was just going to get into that. Can you please expand? Do you know the history behind the Han shot first? Yeah, so uh, to my understanding, the edit, and so what we're talking about is the cantina scene. After he agrees to take the job from Luke and Obi-Wan, he is uh, kind of Greedo, uh, bounty hunter, as we're led to understand. We're not really told. We're just, he just he comes up and he talks about a price on Han Solo's head, and we're like, oh, that's a bounty hunter. Exactly. Um, and... They're talking, and they're like, it's clear that this conversation is not going well, and Greedo's thinking about shooting Han. And in the original edit of the movie, Han Solo just shoots him straight up. And in like, and then my understanding is that later they had it where Greedo shoots first and just wildly misses, and then Han shoots. And then this third edit that we have now, where they shoot at roughly the same time, but Han is moved a little bit. 
He's did you not see him? Re- like, did you see? Him I move? didn't see that. I just saw Greedo just miss from point blank range, miss by about five feet. So he's like got to be the worst bounty hunter in the galaxy. And honestly, I think that they shouldn't have changed it. And I think that you see a little bit of the retconning of that with Solo, where he shoots first in the climax of Wait, the so movie, and that was the lesson. It? Why did they change it in the first? Place? Because they thought that it made him look like a bad guy. Oh Lucas decided later he got some criticism for that, and he thought more about it, and he's like, "This makes Han look like a bad person." But he it, shot this guy. But Han is an amoral character, yeah, right? He's not an immoral character. An amoral character. He's just I'm a using that term right. Yeah, no, he's a character that like he has morals clearly, and the fact that he comes back and he like saves Luke on the Death Star and things like that. But he's also a survivor, and mm-hmm. he's not going to at, le- at least at the beginning of this movie. He's not the type of person that's going to put his life on the line for someone else. You know what I mean? Princess Leia. He's would. doing whatever he can to survive. She literally says, "Someone has to save our skins." Yeah. <laughs> well, our so that's hers too. I so. guess so. I don't know if that counts. What else did you was that? What else did you like about this movie? I just like how the characters are so they're just fun to watch. Like especially with Princess Leia, she's such a sassy, you know, yeah. princess. It, it honestly, it's, it's, she's, she really makes it her own. It's been so long since I watched these movies. I forgot how kind of delightful her sarcasm and dry wit and just like she's just just not taking any shit from anyone no she's not she's like these two bozos are trying to rescue me they're not doing a good job whatever i'll just do my own thing and we'll get ourselves out of here basically and again i think some of that is a credit to lucas and the team for writing a character like that especially in the 70s -hmm. but some of it is a credit to carrie fisher who you know like really gave it her all and fought hard for that character throughout these movies you know we learn that like she just really went to bat and like made a lot of these character choices as an actress which as someone who was i believe 19 when this movie was first started filming you know like she's a huge reason why this series went on to be so successful as are the other actors i mm-hmm. think luke does a really great job for the most or mark hamill does a really great job for the most part embodying kind of this ho- hopeful like young kid very that just naive. wants to go have an adventure he's out very in the whiny galaxy. i forgot how whiny he, he was. is a little whiny but um, and a- he is a little inconsistent in like his stuff like when when people always when people talk about in the last jedi uh where they're like oh luke was luke was a ultimate good guy he never would have went and abandoned people and went and lived in a cave number one pretty much every jedi that fails goes and lives in a cave you just look at obi-wan yoda yeah um and then number two luke is wildly unpredictable in the first movie in which he appears he goes in the span of 40 minutes of movie time from throwing a temper tantrum because he's not allowed to join the Imperial Academy to joining the Rebellion and wanting to stop the Empire at all costs. Like, it's just basically whoever he's in a room with he's and like, is right, talking to I'm him. I'm on your page. He's <laughs> like, no, this I, I like you guys. This seems cool. I'm going to join up with you guys. Like, he's ultimately a good person, but he's also, like, let's not pretend like he's the most predictable Well, I feel like because it shows his isolation, too, because he, he was on this uh, basically just deserted place planet with his uncle and his aunt and you didn't really have any interaction with a lot of people and so finally he's leaving nope, he's just and he's like all right he's I, just well, bullseye just... and womp rats in his t16 with his hood rat friends <laughs> so, so there's there... all these like colloquialisms in the movie and it's just like no one cares everyone's like get this this hillbilly looking ass kid it's like, out who of the here. hell is this hick that's shouting over the intercoms about driving a like t16 through beggars can what where, where the hell is beggars canyon yeah so like they're explaining how to get how to 
destroy the Death Star. And they're like, we have to basically like shoot into this like pinhole of in in the uh, space station. And everyone's like, oh, that's impossible. And you know, Luke's sitting there like, that's just you know, shooting romp wats on a Tuesday afternoon for me. Yeah. I, is that what he said? I don't know. <laughs> basically, yes. Yeah, basically. But yeah. it's just... <laughs> and then they're like, there's another moment where he's going into his attack run on the Death Star trenches as like the last resort, basically, because everybody else that they thought was more qualified <laughs> is dead. And Luke's just like, Leroy Jenkins! Just like heads in. And they're like, Luke, that ascent is too steep. You aren't going to be able to level it out. And he's like, "It's no, I've done canyons like this back home on Tatooine. And they're like, like whatever, okay, let the farm boy do like it. going like 9 million miles an hour in space this is not the same thing have you ever even flown a uh, like a fighter before today but you know he's got his jedi force powers and it turns out it makes up for a lot you can so the thing is that i don't understand is that people are okay with him you know doing this and oh yeah because he's a jedi he has force powers but then when ray does like something extraordinary there and people are like well it's because she has the force everyone gets pissed yeah, I mean, it just goes to show that there was, like, more of a suspension of disbelief. There was more of a newness to this. And now people, like, I think that a big part of the reason why the later Star Wars movies are not as well received now is because there was such a large time gap between when these original trilogy, when this original trilogy was made and when the prequels were made and then when these new sequels were made that... There is such a huge cult of personality around this movie that a lot of the a lot of people and it, it's a testament to how good these original movies were. People feel ownership over this and people feel yeah. like they're experts on in it. And they're like, no, no, no. I know better than you. You know what I mean? Most movies, we don't go into it yeah. saying like, I know how this works better than the filmmakers or writers do. But with Star Wars, people have had decades to marinate in this stuff and feel like they understand all the rules of it, and so they're less open to change. Which I think, honestly, I mean, we'll get into this in The Last Jedi show, is one of the things that The Last Jedi says is, like, fuck the rules. Yeah, like, basically. But anyway, let's let's finish talking about A New Hope. Was there anything else that you liked about this movie that you want to touch on? Yes. My favorite scene at the end was the wedding between Chewbacca. No, the wedding between Luke and Han Solo. Okay. Stop it. Honestly, honestly. Okay, so the throne room scene, if you really look at it, it honestly looks like a marriage ceremony. Okay. You have Han Solo walking in down the aisle and his best man, Chewie, behind him. And then that, that, that's why Chewie didn't get the medal was because it was a, a wedding ceremony between Luke and Han. Okay. Stop it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Just stop no and then i don't i don't need i don't need like hashtag cancel rewind and reconsider party no it is canon in my mind and they are husband and husband and how in all seriousness though how disrespectful to not give chewy a medal i i know he was there with han and it's probably discrimination against furries you know He's just standing there. Even the look on his face is like, what in the hell? Why am I not? Like, I was... I could have left my family for this. I missed life day for this. There's probably a deleted scene somewhere in there of Chewie convincing Han to go back and do this. Like, So apparently, I saw this on Twitter. Um, I think it was for the last... Or one of the Star Wars movies. But the way they shot it is that Peter Mayhew, who plays Chewbacca doesn't do the, the Chewbacca sounds that you think he does. He just says the line, what he's supposed to mean to Han. And oh, Han, I did not know that. Yeah, there's a it's a video, and it's, like, this really, like, heavy, like, English accent, you know. That's really Coming funny. out of Chewbacca, and that's how Han Solo or Harrison Ford would act with that. That's actually really funny. Yeah, so, I don't know. I saw it on Twitter. You can go find it. It's pretty no, funny. That is funny. Um, 
are we going to get into some of the issues with this movie? So overall, I think we should just say, I think both of us, like, if we had to rank the Star Wars movies that we've watched so far, this is either number one or number two this is with number, Rogue One. Rogue One's number one. Yeah, for you? Yes. This is, this is one, those are like 1A and 1B for me. As the series so far that we have watched, we still have a lot of Star, we have still have the best two Star Wars So, in so my far, opinion, I think Rogue One's on top and um, A New Hope is second. Yeah, so either way, we both really like this movie. Yes. There are still flaws. Yeah, there's still Especially plus. 30 years later, and some of this is nitpicking, but like... The lightsaber battles are not as epic as... These, these lightsaber battles are jank. Oh I'm just my gonna, god. Oh man, it's you, just like... It's like watching two old men fight in a, which, like a retirement I mean, home. It kind of was, if it, we're it, being yeah, real. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but also, like, you know, as we've seen in the prequels... Like, the Force does not necessarily discriminate against age. Yoda's 900 years old out here doing kickflips, and <laughs> Obi-Wan can, like, barely lift his lightsaber above his waist. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hey, we shouldn't just, you know. They didn't know what they were that. doing. I think they started to build on that. Yeah. They're just like, we have these swords, but It's they're... just funny if you watch them chronologically. Yeah, it's like, okay, okay you go from like Obi-Wan, Ma- come Mace on. Windu's like, Mace Windu's like 50 or 60 years old, and he's out here like, you know, best swordsman in the galaxy. And Obi-Wan's like about the same age by that point, and like, he's just like, like ah, left. I'm gonna stab you. Right? right. Left. Yeah. It's like, uh, if, you ever, if you've ever been to Disneyland, and they used to have the Academy Jedi Training Academy, right? Yeah. And you'd have uh, Darth Vader up on the stage, and Darth Vader, you... He has like a choreographed basically moves. He's going to go left, he's going to go right, and then he's going to go over your head, and then he's going to go down. Basically, it's so the kids could, you know, know where he's going. And I think that that's what exactly what it looks like in New Hope. Yeah. Um, they also like the, the stormtroopers don't walk militarily. Like, you could oh tell this God. is still. You are really you could, nitpicking. I'm just saying that you could tell that this is still before the era where they sent people to like go train with soldiers. Yeah, and they stuff just like before. walk around with their arms. They look like, like they're going. like like prancing half the time <laughs> yeah. and they're like, like they're about to trip over stuff and just like, you know, some of that is the stormtroopers are kind of supposed to suck and not really know what they're doing. Yeah, they don't so, aim well. Yeah, so like, uh, you know, maybe that some of this was world building. Lucas told them to do that intentionally. Uh, there's little things like. Like, in one of the opening scenes, Leia shoots a stormtrooper on the left and the right oh one my, falls you, over. Oh, my God. I'm just saying. There, there's little there's little things. I think um, that's fine. It, continuity did, is not this the original trilogy's best, you know. They're not doing the best on that. Yeah. Um... I think, like, I don't know, was there anything, uh, like, the 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 crate dragon scene with Obi-Wan, where he scares off the Tusken Raiders, oh, yeah. due to Luke's re-edit, is so much worse. And Mia, I'm going to have you dub in this audio of what the original sounded like versus what it sounds like in the movie, because you honestly have to hear this. That's pretty bad. <laughs> um, I, like, I, I don't know. I mean, like... Honestly, I think I give this movie the benefit of the doubt that it was shot in 1977. Yeah. So I'm not going to hold it up to, like, 2019 standards. I think it is it is good for what it was 
at the time. Yeah, I mean, there's a funny moment where Obi-Wan is investigating the, like, sand crawler that they come across where the Jawas all got killed as the Imperial stormtroopers were searching for the droids and stuff. There's a lot and, of Star Wars terms right there in one sentence. Well, also, he, so he's, he's looking at the sand crawler, the, the big thing that the Jawas drive uh, the, that crawls across the sand. Giant <laughs> tank thing. Uh, you see it in the Mandalorian. He tries to board one um, unsuccessfully. And he just says, only Imperial, he looks at the blast marks and he's like, they want you to think Tusken Raiders did it. But look at these blast marks. Only Imperial Stormtroopers are so precise. So precise! <laughs> Have you not- I beg to differ! Obi-Wan literally has not run into a trooper since the Clone Wars. That's the only explanation for this. He did such a good job hiding. He has no idea that they suck at aiming now and like can't hit something if it's like two feet in front of their face. Uh, you know, I, I think that there is- like uh there's like some of the sometimes the criticism of the original trilogy is that they're too simple and that it's like oh i'm going to build world destroying weapon for evil reasons Mwahaha. but that's and like, what that's that what, kind of is it but they honestly they did build in reasoning for this in the world a little bit if you're paying attention that i hadn't never really noticed before but did notice on rewatch when they're having that meeting in the death star with vader one of the lines that it ends up being kind of a throwaway line but they talk about that the emperor just shut down the senate and then they talk about how this thing is going to establish fear throughout the galaxy and allow them to maintain control. That's kind of a reason, like, if you want to be an Imperial dictator to build a Death Star. Is blow that you don't planet. even want to have the Sham Senate anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you blow up a planet, you don't need a Senate to keep people in line or bureaucratic stuff. Yeah, shut up stuff. or you're, you're going to be or, blown up. Or you're blown up next. We blew up this lady's planet even though she told us what she wanted to know. Ugh, yeah. You know what I mean? Even though she kind of didn't, but, you know, they had no way of knowing that. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, overall, uh, wrapping things up, I think this movie's... No, no, there's one more thing that we have to go over that's bad. Oh, God, okay. The Luke and Leia stuff. That was a little creepy. I think, I don't know. If George, George Lucas does not get to claim... That this is like, a, he, like he, he always talks about like the original movies were about family. They weren't about this. You guys are wrong about what Star no, Wars was about. No, Luke clearly has the No, Luke for Leia. is clearly trying to flirt with Leia. If Luke, if Lucas knew that this was that Leia was his sister all along, which I am very dubious about. I think he just liked twists. Yeah. Um, like Luke is out and out flirting with her. His first line about Leia. You want to know what his first line is? What? She's beautiful. Oh, yeah, when he saw the little hologram thing yeah. from R2-D2. And then he's getting, like, it's it, like it's more than just, people talk about it like it's just the infamous kiss in Empire Strikes Back. And that is a thing uh, that is not great. She kissed him on the cheek, like, two times. She, yeah, she kisses him several times in this movie, and it's played off as, like, a romantic will-they-or-won't-they thing in the cockpit with Han. Uh, like, Han asks, he's like, do you think that you could, he he says he's not interested, and Luke just goes like, oh, good. And then Han's like, unless, do you think you could see us? And Luke just shouts out, he's like, no, I found her first. He doesn't actually say I found that's her first. That's basically what but they're saying. Yeah. Yes, that's the implication. Yeah. And it's just like, when you know it's, it's coming, it's a little hard to watch. Yeah. But that's, I don't know if Lucas, like, knew going in. Like, I don't, okay. there's no way. There's no way, yeah. Or he's. Just weird. Yeah, or he's a real weirdo. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, good movie. It was a good movie. I, I just, liked it. They're, they're issues. Like with all movies, if you really it's, look for yeah. it, you can find issues. But, you know, I think overall... It, it, it's not... It's, you don't get to call these movies a paragon of excellence and <laughs> criticize the new sequels, like, for having plot holes. Every single Star Wars movie has plot holes. All movies have plot holes. Yes, that's probably true. But Star Wars movies more than most. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, no, I think I... I it, it's why this franchise is so great and it's because of this it really holds up kicked, for the most part a, I, kicked off you know yeah we i made fun of it tonight but it, it really does uh it really does hold up yeah all right so you can spot it all right you can find us on spotify and itunes and you can check out our twitter on twitter oh man it's, rewind and reconsider yes there you go it's been a rough night <laughs> uh too much blue milk you know yeah next up we are going to have the holiday special for you we already recorded that episode we so have we'll a special guest yes. with us. special guest and, and after uh, that we will get to the empire strikes back and yeah. then return of the jedi and then the force awakens and then the last jedi and then rise of skywalker comes out okay did you forget the title? No. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. No, you did. I think you did. Okay, fine. I did. Whatever. All right. Thank you. Bye.